to be honest, I would say that my inspiration are the back issues of National Geographic magazine, uh, the ones that I read as a kid. And I leafed through those pages and said, I want to do this. I want to go to these places. For those of us that grew up with National Geographic being delivered to their homes, everybody's got an iconic image in their mind that, oh, I remember this issue or I remember this particular picture. Do you have just one? I do. I'm so glad you asked. It's the July uh, 1989 issue to celebrate the bicentennial of France. And that issue, you know, it's dedicated to my favorite country. And I, I love it. And I still keep it on my shelf in my office. It must have been, wow, is painstaking the word I want to use. It must have been difficult to choose from the multitude of images that you had. How did you go about kind of selecting each one of these? Well, it's, you know, luckily I don't have to do it alone. There's a whole team. There's an amazing editorial team at National Geographic. And we have this incredible resource, the archives. And really every single image starts as a story. We talk about a place, a time. What are we trying to communicate about that place? And we, we find images. And for every image that's picked, uh, there are dozens that, that were in the running that didn't get picked. And part of the fun is, sh is shuffling through all of those and then saying, well, this one matches the story best. When you have a, a book like this, you know, which focuses on the seasons, obviously you start with each season, but was there an editorial narrative that you were hoping to have that would flow throughout the whole book? Definitely. I think the editorial narrative of this book is really that the travel is very personal. Uh, we all have different emotions and when we go to places, but but the, the part of the fun isn't just where you go, but when you go, that matters. And I think that's the point we're trying to drive home, that you can go to a place in a different season than, than you would think to go, and you're going to have a very different experience. National Geographic has a very uh, unique philosophy when it comes to the images that it shares from all over the world. Can you talk a little bit about that and how that goes into a book or even uh, a magazine or even one of the web posts? Well, I... I would say that at National Geographic, we, we try to be very honest with our photography. Um, we're not interested in all the Photoshopping and the gimmicks and making things look a certain way. We are, we're trying to capture very honest moments and really let the place or the animal or the person speak for themselves on camera. And that's really what we're looking for, is, is to freeze frame that moment of life and share it with readers. What have you heard from those who have already seen this book or people who are familiar with some of the images already? Is this kind of, did you knock it out of the park in their opinion? Or are there things that they wish you had included that maybe you didn't have room for? I, I think generally everything I've heard is people are just very excited. You know, they, they leave through this book and they say, wow, because it's a surprising book. I would say it's the most surprising book that we've, we've ever done. These are not predictable things that you're thinking of. These are not predictable images or places that we're listing. I mean, we have a top 10 list for the best ice cream shops in the world. And this isn't some phony made-up list that we Googled. You know, this is from experience. We have people all over the world, and I'm one of them, who eats ice cream in every country I go to. And so I can tell you, you know, my favorite ice cream shops across the world, and, and we all kind of battle it out. And, and it really comes down to a qualitative experience. How important is it in your mind to have something like National Geographic that still focuses on a global picture rather than something 
uh, very small, whether it's a country or even a location within that country. I think it's crucial because this day and age, we are more connected than we've ever been before. Everything that we do affects other people across the world, and, and all day long things are happening to us. Decisions are being made in China and Turkey and Africa that, that affect us and the things that we do. We're, we're very, very connected. So I think this global perspective is crucial, and National Geographic still offers us that. I don't have a, a lot more in terms of questions, but are are there images that stand out within this book that you hope people either see them and, and see what you see or things that you think they really ought to key in on? Definitely. This book is not just a pretty coffee table book. It's, it's a book that's very practical. You're going to learn something by learning it, but also it's going to inspire you to make trips that you've always wanted to make, but also inspire you with new new trip ideas. And I think that's what's exciting for me. Even though I'm fortunate enough to travel all the time for my job, I read this book and I think, wow, you know, I want to go to Manitoba in October to see the polar bears. Uh, my friend Boyd Matson wrote about that. Or, you know, um, I want to go to Bavaria to see the leaves. Everyone knows it's a place for Oktoberfest, but we've talked about it in terms of one of the best places in the world to see the fall foliage in Germany. The images, I would say, one of my favorites is the, is the two-page image of the lavender fields in France. It's just bright purple when the lavender comes in bloom. And I've, I've been to France at the time of year, and you can smell the lavender oil in the air, and it's just so beautifully overwhelming. So that image, and then the image we have of grizzly bears at the Kodiak National Wildlife Refuge, I think it's just such a tender portrait of, of animals that we often think of in a very angry and aggressive way, but here they're just looking so tender, sitting among the flowers in Alaska. Does the need or the relevance of National Geographic change dramatically in the digital age that we're living in, or is this something that you feel you've been able to adapt to? I think we've uh, always been at the forefront of new technology. Um, You know, National Geographic originally didn't even have photography in it. It's more of an academic journal. And then when photography became a thing, we were one of the first people to, to invest in that. You know, we, we put 25 pages of photography in one of our early issues, and it blew people away. And then when TV came along, we were working with Jacques Cousteau and with Jane Goodall and all these early explorers to tell their stories on television and with radio. So in the digital age, you know, we're doing the same thing we've always done at National Geographic, which is to explore and tell stories. But we're doing it digitally, and you know, my job title is Digital Nomad. That's on my business card, and it's what I do. I, I explore the world, and I share my experiences on social media and on my blog, and I don't see it any different as, as what these early explorers were doing. It's just that the delivery time into people's minds is, is instantaneous as opposed to going to their mailbox like you're talking about. When you talk about this in, in what is essentially a travel book, a travel guide for people, do you have recommendations when they decide, you know, I really want to see that. I really want to experience something that I've seen within this book. Are there key things that they ought to keep in mind before they travel? Yeah, I would say don't don't get discouraged. I think a lot of times we have these travel dreams and we get hung up on things like money or, oh, I've got young kids who can't travel right now or I have these responsibilities. And we use that in a defeatist way to just say, I can't do it. And our message at National Geographic Traveler is, you know, dream it, um, plan it, and then do it. And and you can do it. And I am someone who has made all kinds of impossible journeys in my life. And, uh, you know, I, I grew up in the Midwest, in Ohio, and never thought I would ever leave the state. 
and just through persistence and through planning and, and doing it. So I would say the first thing is, you know, get this book, read through it, pick out the places that you like, and then go to our website because National Geographic Travel, we show people how they can actually go ahead and do these things and how they can book it and plan it and make it a reality. Andrew, that's all I had. Anything else that you'd like to add? Well, I would like to encourage people <laughs> to follow me on my next journey, which kicks off tomorrow. Uh, people follow me live on Twitter at Where's Andrew, uh, or you can just go to my website, nationalgeographic.com slash digitalnomad. This is the 125th anniversary of National Geographic Society, and so we are celebrating by going on this epic journey to 12 different countries around the world, and you can follow it all in real time on your phones, on your iPads, on your computers. All right. Well, thanks so much, and have a great trip. Thank you so much.